Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small. It is another round of covering one of the best states in high school football in the United States. Alongside Hannah Gooden, I am John Nelson. Hannah, what's on your mind this week? Well, we just had to redo the open because John is so excited about the podcast that he overmodulated and blew my ears out. <laughs> so here we are. Happy week, everyone. Welcome, welcome back. So, uh, so maybe I should just do this occasionally to see if you can actually hear. It's like get that ringing out of your ear. And sit there and go. It's like okay, hey, can you hear this? Do one of those things. But I think that when you look at what happened mm-hmm. last week, it's a lot of big numbers to the left of the dash for a lot of the winners. I agree. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. 11 billion teams had a lot of offense. For my scores, John. So, what were some of the scores that came across your bow? Well, let's get right to the. Got to some of those blowouts then. In Region 8, 7A in Swanee, North Gwinnett goes 6-2 and two with a 31 to nothing will win over Mill Creek. Right. Marist defeated Hateville Charter 30 to nothing. So keep in mind, these were the top games on my list for the week. So these are some big-time wins. In the final non-region game for both Athens Academy and Wesleyan, the Spartans defeated Wesleyan 35 to nothing. The two crosstown rivals who've played each other since 1956. I love that. Cartersville defeated Cass 59 to nothing. Cartersville now leads that series 42 to 5. Yep. And Alatuna defeated Wheeler 23 to nothing, John. Let me give you another uh, couple of scores that were along that same vein. And I know that a lot of uh, a lot of folks this season were looking at Gunner Stockton out of Rabin County. Mm-hmm. And the uh, national audience got to see them against Prince Avenue Christian. Last week against Pope, Gunnar Stockton was 15-20 for 268 and six touchdowns. Wow. Ran for another 135 and two scores. And apparently, and according to our friends at the GHSF Daily, the third straight game in which he's had eight passing or, ru- or rushing touchdowns total for uh, Rabin County. Why is he so good? I, it's, I, I, we need to have Jay Bo Shaw on to ask him this. Let's do that. That's right, a great so idea. Write that Jay down. Jay Bo, I'm writing it down. Jay Bo Shaw on the show. All right, so we got that written down. Uh, big win for Bleckley County. They put up a big number, put up 59 in their win over Monticello. Uh, Fitzgerald now 6 0. They knocked off Berrien by the score of 48 to 7. Brooks County in single A in the region of Doom put up 68 in their win against Atkinson County. Woo. And so I know that uh, we'll have more. Right, I got to write this. Maurice Freeman on. Taking notes during the, the show. show. Okay. So, but, and if you're a fan of any of these teams, go ahead and tell your coach that they're on notice that they're going to get a phone call at some point during the weekend. Hey, we need you to have to be ready to go at noon on Monday when we can tape these things. Uh, Warner Robins put 43 on Camden County. Yes, that was another did. one. That was another one for me. Jalen Rutherford rushed for 149s and two touchdowns on 18 carries in that one. Jalen Addy rushed for 86 yards and three touchdowns and passed for another 96 yards. Their next game will be Ware County, undefeated 5-0. and Big test there, but Warner Robins looking good. They moved to 5-1 and on the season. Yep, and also on the board, Dublin, who dropped down from double-A to single-A. You're defending double-A champ now in single-A in Region 4. They played twice last week because of uh, schedule compression because of region play. Put up 63 on Wheeler, put up 56 on Hawkinsville on Saturday afternoon. And so 63 to carry the one. 119 points in less than a week by Dublin's offense. 
It's the luck of the Shamrock Bowl. Well, that and the Delaware Wing Tea. Mm-hmm. And when you have Roger Holmes, who is one of the masters of the Delaware Wing Tea, mm-hmm. it is assignment football for any defense. And putting up those kinds of yards and those kind of numbers. We saw it last year when they we were did. in double-A chasing after a title. It's just amazing at times the, the numbers that they can that they can, that they can put up if, they're, if you're looking at a Dublin team. Cherokee, and we'll get into that. Cherokee put 41 on Woodstock there coming up later on in the show, so we can talk about that. But you know who our guest is this week. I can't wait. One of my favorite coaches in the state. Brad Harbour from Crisp. And, and Crisp has one of the best defenses in the state of Georgia. And so it's good to catch up with Brad. So my first question is, what's it been like for him so far this season? Well, I'm going to tell you what. it's uh, So I'm, uh, I'm going to admit something here. You know, like tough guys aren't supposed to cry and stuff. But, um, you know, sometimes emotions just, just flow, you know. And uh, prior to us walking out, you know, we'd already done our pregame warm-up for that very first game. I think it just all kind of hit me because I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'm, I'm not living right because I have 24 seniors and a lot of those guys play meaningful snaps, if that makes sense. And so uh, I was talking to the group before and uh, I don't, you know, Big Ten just getting started up and everybody's, you know, having a cancel week to week and stuff. And I, I just don't think our uh, high school guys really understood um, how big a deal it was to have this season and then to have as many returners as we have coming back, you know, I just got emotional, you know, and I, I don't know if that helped us win or not. If it did, I'll cry for every game, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, and, and we've, we've had to adjust to the new normal. I mean, every day, uh, coaches are later. Thank, praise the Lord. I have a wash schedule. So, you know, the unlucky coaches that have the wash schedule for the week. Um, it's all it just just your average day takes a little bit longer on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because you're washing everything. We're actually spraying everything down um, with chemical stuff. I mean, I don't know what that stuff is, but we, we spray everything down. So, um, you know, the workload has just gotten a little bit more. You know, I've, I've said a lot of times, you know, if I was a baby coach that just got in, this would be my first I'd be like oh my god I didn't realize the coaches work this hard you know but there is there is a lot of extra that you have to do to keep the players and the coaches safe and that's what needs to happen to have a season and to continue to play every Friday night I'm all in well you're certainly fortunate to have 24 seniors for those who don't know your last year's state runner-up in AAA you're now ranked number two in your classification behind Cedar Grove who you played in the finals last year what's working again this season I mean take a look at your defense you've only allowed 21 points to be scored on you in all five games five and oh like we just mentioned what is clicking this year well I tell you late Hannah what's take uh clicking is uh, our offense is finally starting to roll a little bit. And it's been an interesting process. Uh, A.J. Lofton, that wears number one, that was our quarterback in the state championship game and who has been our starting quarterback for the last, I guess, three years maybe, two and a half maybe. Um, there's a sophomore that's emerged, and believe it or not, he is an A.J. as well. Uh, his name's A.J. Brown. And, um, you know, one thing that I love about A.J. Lofton, our quarterback from the past, is that, you know, he stood, he's like a slot receiver running back type. But team player that he is, he played quarterback for us. And now we've been, we've been afforded the luxury of putting A.J. Brown at quarterback, which uh, literally puts A.J. Lofton in his rightful positions 
And uh, so far, it's worked out really well. So, for example, uh, Friday night's game, A.J. Brown, that's the new quarterback that's a sophomore, was 13 for 19, passing for 235 yards, two TDs, and rushed for 67 yards. And then A.J. in his quote-unquote like new position was uh, he had 129 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns. So, um, and then, you know, Hannah, it takes a while for those big boys up front to start gelling on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And then our special teams coordinator, Pat Jordan, has done a wonderful job with our special team. And so, um, you know, like uh, I think I told somebody this week, you know, here we are, you know, in the, in the midseason and everything, offense, defense, special team is starting to look like midseason form. And that's, you know, that makes the head coach really happy. At least it does me. While we're still talking about your offense, you also have wide receiver Sarad Bryant, who I got to talk to a few yeah. weeks ago, committed yeah. to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. How good has he been for you this year? Well, I tell you, it's been interesting, Hannah, that uh, um, he, he's been super dynamic. For example, we had a lot of penalties Friday night. First play from scrimmage, A.J. Brown throws uh, through to Sarad Bryant touchdown first play of the game it was an explosive play but you know sometimes when you have a gifted athlete like Sarad he's a good decoy as well so it's opened up the door for these other receivers that we have so for example um Friday night Cortez Thomas uh is one of our other receivers he had five receptions for 149 yards in the team and so not only does Sarad make really good plays on offense, but, you know, the luxury is having a couple other tall, you know, playmakers on the, on the perimeter out there that can make plays as well. So Sarad's really helped us in that aspect. You know, as long as he's running his routes full speed, we're in good shape. You know, Brad, with the numbers that uh, you're not allowing on defense, with the way that offenses are these days, everything you know, for the most part, if you're if you're not spread, if you're not five wide, if you're not you know out on the edges, you're you know you're behind the times or whatever. Right, right. You know, but let me ask you this: How difficult is it to coach solid defense in this day and age, knowing what the offenses are bringing you these days? Man, it's, uh, it's it's very difficult, and and I think you know certainly the people in the profession, you guys understand that. Um, everything is you know you could slow down your offense, speed it up, and I think a lot of the rules based, you know, just to be honest with you, favor the offenses of today. And um, so the the great part, Will Connor is my defensive coordinator, and I'm fortunate enough to have great teachers over there. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people coach and teacher in the same, you know, sentence together. But, you know, what I've been really, really pleased with is is the defensive staff has gotten the game plan through to the defensive players because, to be honest with you, it's not what we know, it's what they can do, you know, and uh, and, and all the stuff that they can take in. So, you know, uh, Hannah mentioned having the 24 seniors. I did as well. Um, what's been nice about that is not only can we put in a quote unquote game plan, but they, you know, we're, we're, uh, veteran enough, I guess you'd say that we're able to, you know, install checks and all that and, and crap. Sometimes we got to scrap that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, but, but the defensive staff has been so good in recognizing what the players and what will be successful on Friday night. 
And then, man, uh, you know, Phil's done such a great job on Friday night playing the defense. And, you know, sometimes when you're you're put in the right spot, good, good things are going to happen, and that's what's been happening with our defense. What has this season so far meant to everybody down there in Cordell with everything that we've all gone through? Well, I think that, uh, you know, although it's not full capacity at the stadium and all that kind of stuff, the biggest thing that I could say is it's, it's, it's more like normal. So, for example, you know, I have six daughters, believe it or not. You know, like I pray a bunch. Don't, don't get me wrong. Six daughters. And, you know, they have shirts made up every year, and <laughs> they're able to come to the games, you know, that are full peanuts, you know. So um, everything's kind of the same. Uh, so that's the normalcy, I think, is, is the great thing. And, man, the Cougar fans have been so good this year, you know, I think – I think they got a little taste of things last year. Unfortunately, this year we played really, really good football, and uh, you know it's uh, with with the offense kind of you know quote unquote catching up. It's pretty exciting here Friday night, man. It's, uh, so I would say just getting being able to do some normal stuff as we go into the Friday night football game. Coach Harbor, we got to circle back. Six okay. daughters. Yeah. My dad has three daughters, and he barely gets through each day of his life. Six? I know it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the dumbest guy in the house. I promise you that. <laughs> but, heck, I'm the only guy in the house, you know? But uh, I tell you what, I do have a really good recliner, and I have two male dogs. They love me to death. So, so you know, we hang out together, and then uh, – Believe it or not, I hang out with Pop. That's Maria's dad. He actually taught me how to deer hunt, and I love it, man. I was growing up in the city. My dad was a pilot in the Air Force, so I lived in the suburbs of the city. But, man, for some, well, being a head coach, I think you guys know, probably y'all's does too, but phone rings all the time. Well, I can assure you, when I'm up in the deer stand, I'm not answering anybody's phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty nice. So, yeah, yeah, you got to have some outside activities. and uh, But I can tell you what, you don't want to take six daughters clothes shopping. Ooh, no, no, sir. That's got to be expensive. All right. So all right, as you're talking to us right now, are you in your office? I am. Okay. How many Mountain Dews do you have in your office right now? We should over under over under ten. I have ooh, ooh, I have nine. Well, I have nine and a half. I'm drinking one. Nice. (laughs) Look at that. I was right on the money. Man, I'm telling you though, you think I'd have a big fat gut and stuff, but I don't. But I'm the worst eater you've ever seen. Like I love candy and Mountain Dew. Like I am not the picture of health when you look at a plate of Mountain Dew. Well, oh man, that's tremendous! Because yeah, we before we came on, Hannah had a number down, and we were trying to figure out whether or not you were going to be honest about the number of Mountain Dews you had in your office. Oh yeah, I bought a uh, so the head baseball coach saw me up at the store the other day. I bought a fifteen pack, and he asked me a day later, he said, "How many Mountain Dews you have left?" Oh man! <laughs> and I was embarrassed to say I didn't even tell him. I wouldn't even tell him that. No. Mm-mm. Well, but. Uh, Everybody has advices, you know. Mine's Mountain Dew, so be it, you know. Yep, right, well, there, right there with you, brother. I know it. I You'd know be proud it. of John. He's cut back. No, he wouldn't be proud of me because I've cut back. He cut. He only has one a day now. No, see, Hannah, I got, I've got to sign with John on this. I'm disappointed. It has to be, you know, four or five a day at least. 
Yeah, what, don't what? cut back on the good stuff, man. <laughs> I'm telling you that you, you know you got to don't cut back on the good stuff. Golly, life's short, man. You know, life's life short, short. Drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> that sounds like a great commercial. I don't know why those jokers won't sponsor me, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, where's the where's the where's the Pepsi bottlery? Is that is that down in Tifton, or is that there? Because uh, there's one. There's a Coke bottlery. In Tifton or in Cordial, and then the others in the other city, and I get them confused. I'll try. It's probably Mountain Dew's probably in Tifton. I can't be that lucky to have Mountain Dew right here in, in the hometown. There's no way. Because there's a billboard that I always pass by on 75 South that, that mentions that Pepsi's in one place and Coke's in the other, and I can't remember which one. It's like 75 North, uh, just right. north of the exit, and there's there's a billboard there that says one's with the other. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. But, man, I'm super excited y'all called me. I appreciate that. I love, I love you guys to death, man. Y'all yeah, Coach, all, this, is, this has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right, y'all done with me? Let's do uh, one quick preview question. So you're coming off all a right. big Region 2 3A win over Mary Persons, final score. Yes. And that one was 38-7. to Looking ahead to Peach County, what Oof. do you got to do to go 6-0 and in that Oof, one? This one's tough. Man, it's a. Uh, I tell you what, that'll be the game of the week, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I tell you, I tell you what, this is this is what we have to do to win that football game. We've we've got to. Uh, so when I watch them on film, they start hot and uh, they're going to be very physical. So we're going to have to match their physicality. Uh, but our our we've got to do a good job with our players this week. We need to understand, like. Uh, uh, Peach County loves to compete like we do. We're just right down the road. The other thing is, is that this is going to be a physical game for four quarters, not just for one quarter. And there's no rolling up, over and saying, "I'm going this one." I mean, this this one is most probably going to come right down to the wire, and uh, it's going to be as physical a game as you ever want to see. Well, Brad, uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for opening your fridge and taunting me <laughs> as, as much as you do. Uh, love you very much, my friend. We'll catch up yeah, with you soon. Yeah, I love you too, man. Love you too. Listen, y'all stay safe, man. And I, I appreciate y'all calling me. And uh, anytime you want to need, need to know the mountain number, I'll be honest with it, okay? Good deal. <laughs> All right, man. We'll see y'all. All right, bye. Thanks, Bye-bye. Coach. I honestly wonder if Brad isn't being truthful with us as to really how many Mountain Dews he has in the office with him at any given time? It would probably match as many as you drink, John. No, used to. Even though you cut back this year. Yeah. Are you, are you sneaking any? No. <laughs> uh, on, on, uh, but I will say this. On game days, because the, the day is so long, mm-hmm. I usually will have another one with me in the car. But for those of, those of you that don't know, who see me around the state, usually you've seen me with Mountain Dew in the past, mm-hmm. when my physician's assistant basically said, oh, you like to eat, don't you? And I said, well, no, actually, I, I just drink sodas. And they're like, no, you better cut some of that stuff out. And so I'm down to one Mountain Dew a day. I usually have it in the morning, but on game days, I'll have more than one. Brad is another Mountain Dew disciple. And so to, to have that shared kindred spiritness with Brad <laughs> over soda... But I, I just want to know how many he's got with him at any given time. I'm honestly proud of you. This is a PSA to everyone out there. John went from one liter a day to one twenty-four ounce yeah. a day. Uh-huh. Proud of you. So that's basically cutting it by two thirds of my intake. So uh, yeah, um, it's, you'll see me with Diet Dr. Peppers or something like that during the day. But yeah, in the morning it's the one Mountain Dew, and then the rest of the day it's diet sodas. 
I'm a diet. I'm a diet coke girl, so I have one a day. You have fun with that. Uh, the game this week on Football Fridays. It's going to be another fun one. It is. Let's take a look at last week's game. We were at the Big Orange Jungle in Lilburn for Newton at Parkview. The Panther offense and the two Browns were outstanding Friday night. Running back Cody Brown scored the first touchdown, but then wide receiver Jared Brown caught an 89-yard pass and a 68-yarder from QB Colin Houck to put it away in the first half. That was pretty much the theme the rest of the game. Brown had nearly 300 yards of receiving. The final score, 35-7. to Parkview goes 5-1 on the year. They will play undefeated 6-0 Grayson on uh, Friday, October 30th. Yep. So that was a fun one. John, it was homecoming. Mm-hmm. It was pink out for breast cancer awareness. What did you see on the sidelines? Cody Brown, your homecoming king, for mm-hmm. one. And that the Grayson game will be on national television in a week and a half on the 30th. So it'll give Eric Godfrey a chance to prepare and go up against Coach Carter. They're going to be looking at each other, looking at a bunch of film. It's going to be a fun one uh, on the 30th. But, yeah, eight catches for 240. Woo. And you got to see a, a lot of a lot of chunk plays in the game for Parkview. And I mm-hmm. think that, that uh, the passing game, when I talked to Eric Godfrey after the game, when he was, I told him, I said, if I'd said coming in, that your passing yardage would be triple your rushing yardage. What would you have said? And he said, "I thought you. I would have thought you'd have been crazy." But to show that kind of versatility, getting ready for this game against Grayson, I think is going to be huge. Panthers defense looked good too. Yeah, I mean and- they were. They. I feel like this game. They kind of came full circle. Mm-hmm. It was almost like they finally got things clicking on both sides. Yeah, and this go-round, it's going to be you know with Cherokee and Roswell. Cherokee beat Woodstock 41-7 last week. Roswell was in a tough one with Etowah. It mm-hmm. was 21-7, got to 21-14, but Roswell ha- hung on. So it's 6-0 and 5-0 this week for Football Fridays. Yeah, we'll be broadcasting from the Hornet's Nest at Ray Manus Stadium yep. for that Region 5-7A battle between Cherokee and Roswell. I'm really looking forward to that one. And, John, nugget for you. Nugget. This is the third week in a row we're broadcasting a brand new team on GBB Sports. So Cherokee has never been on. Uh, we're trying to do that this year where we are picking games with teams that have never gotten love on our network. So try, trying to spread that love out this year. I'm excited for this one. Give you a rundown of some of the other games that are that are in our spot shadow this week. And as much as we love all of our children equally, here's just a, a couple of the greatest hits. Norcross and Mill Creek is, is going this week. You've got uh, the region doom in 6A taking the week off before their sprint. Valdosta had the week off. They get Westside Florida coming in for uh, this week. You've got Lovejoy and Tucker. That is a Thursday game, so that's something to to look at there as well. And uh, Decula and Hab Central is on the board. Carrollton and Paulding County is on the board. Houston County, after their win over Veterans, gets the week off. They've got Lee County in their region sprint. You've got Ware County and Coffee. This one in 5A. In the region of Doom in 5A, there's going to be a team that is not going to make the playoffs out of this region in 5A. And that team, that fifth team, could make a run in the playoffs if you just said, okay, we're going to just put everybody in, everybody in the pile. That fifth team that won't make the playoffs could make a deep playoff run if they were involved in the playoffs. That's how tough that region is down there wow. in 5A. Don't forget my 1-6 and six Lassiter Trojans. We'll play Sprayberry on Friday as well. Looking forward to that one. BT's at Calhoun, 2-0 and 5-1. and, five and one. Warner Robins gets the week off. Uh, and, and literally, this is where we had four other regions start region play this last Friday. There's still a, a handful of regions that haven't started, and they're going to start the last. They're going to start Halloween. How's that for irony? The beginning of your region schedule, Halloween for your four-game sprints. Doom. <laughs> John, what have been your biggest surprises so far this season? 
Wow. I mean, just how wide open things are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when and I, I will say this, the one of the biggest surprises, really, the more that I think about it, just the adaptability of coaches and kids mm-hmm. in this season. Because if you've got a game that shuts itself down, it's like you've got two teams call off a game on Tuesday, and then it's like need a game, got a game. And then you're going to you go ahead and you pick up another game on Friday or Saturday after shutting something down three days ago. The preparedness that the coaches have in the state and the student athletes have in the state to get ready to play, to keep those schedules going, and to keep a, as close to a ten game season as possible before you get into the playoffs. I think the adaptability overall has been a, a pleasant surprise. Doesn't really surprise me per se, but it's been great to see all around the state coaches wanting to continue to play and keep their kids going the way that they are. Speaking of that, yes. do you want to give us an update on what's going on down there in South Georgia? Oh, there's a, a well, I mean, right now we're waiting on a word from Valdosta about Jake Garcia, still waiting on that and, and various appeals and things of that nature. But the you, quarantines. Yeah, and the quarantines. <laughs> uh, right now you've got Lowndes who did not play this past mm-hmm. week uh, with their game against Alcovey and uh, Lowndes and Colquitt. Did not play last week. They're not going to play this week out of an abundance of caution. Uh, Jamie Dubose came out of the hospital, I want to say, over the weekend. Wow. And so uh, Lowndes isn't playing. They're 5-0. and They canceled without Covey. They're anticipating their next game to be the region opener for mm-hmm. them on the 30th against Tift. And the same for Colquitt. They, are, they were off last week. They're not going to play Alcovey this week. And so their next game is going to be their region opener against Camden in Moultrie on the 30th. Well, we certainly hope everybody is being safe mm-hmm. and healthy down there in South Georgia and all across the state and the nation. So we're we're thinking about them, and that's just part of this season. Yeah, that's another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. She's Hannah Gooden. I'm John Nelson. Thanks, as always, to our guests who hop in on a weekly basis. This week it was Brad Harbour, the head coach of CRISP. And I've written down all the other coaches that are on notice that are going to be that are going to be on this show as we continue to do things every single week. The show is produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. It is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting and GPB Media. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the games.